today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Eventually, men like Hitler and Stalin brought about this mass wholesale slaughter of the Jews. Why the Jews? They were the woman who gave birth to the child. They were the people that God says, I'm going to call you my people. Not because you're anything special, but in order that my glory might be shown through you. And Satan, more than any other people group. Now, there's been mass attacks against peoples and cultures. I understand that. But there's not been a people group that's been attacked as viciously, as violently, as continually as the Jews have. Throughout history, the Jews have been attacked more than any other people group. It's clear when we look back that Satan has tried repeatedly to wipe them out. Thankfully, the Lord will not allow him to have that victory. Even though they haven't been the most faithful, God still protects them. Pastor David is reminding us that the Lord does this for us as well. He looks out for us and blesses us in spite of ourselves. Thank goodness the Lord doesn't give up as easily as we do. We'd be lost forever. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 12 with today's edition of The Open Word. Ezekiel has similar vision in chapter 28 of Ezekiel. He says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you've set your heart as the heart of a God, they shall throw you down into the pit. And down in verse 12, he says, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God. Now, let me stop right here. Some people say, well, that has nothing to do with Satan. He's prophesying about this king of Tyre. There really was a king of Tyre. Yes. And as we've said many times, as we've gone through prophecies here, many times there is the twofold or second and more complete fulfillment of prophecy. It's like a man standing and he looks at a mountain in front of him and he sees that mountain. But what he doesn't understand from the angle that he's looking, that there is a much greater mountain beyond that. And the prophetic word many times happens that way. It matches for a current time but then there is a greater fulfillment because there's some things here that Ezekiel says about the king of Tyre that, well, they're just absolutely impossible to happen for the king of Tyre. It has to be a word actually to Satan. Listen to what he says. Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. The king of Tyre wasn't there. This has to be a prophetic message of Satan himself, of Lucifer. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers 
I established you, God said. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. And therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. So right there speaks the, the timbrels and the pipes. Lucifer, again, is, as an anointed cherub. I usually say to my worship leaders, don't forget, Lucifer was a worship leader, so beware. Uh, don't get too high and mighty. We look at this and we, we see that the blessing was there and yet God kicked him out of heaven. When did that happen? In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus is speaking to the 70 that had gone out and they came back and they're all excited because, man, even the demons had to obey us and we saw healings and everything. And Jesus' response to them, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So in the timing of that, during the final week of the ministry of Jesus, we find in John 12, 31, he says, now... Now is judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. You say, well, pastor, I'm more confused now than I've ever been. I think one of the things that we need to understand too, and I've shared this with you, I think even since we've been in Revelation, we are in a time frame, aren't we? We're in a time frame of 24-hour days, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, however many years the Lord allows us to live here. We look at clocks, we look at calendars, we look at all the stuff that looks at time. And we want to nail something down to a time, to a time frame. But our God is completely out of time. It's not that he's out of time, he's out of the sphere of time, okay? He's out of the sphere of time. Time is not an issue for him. When did Satan get cast out of heaven? I don't know within our time frame, to be honest with you. I just really don't know. But I do know that it's a world of difference now than it was at the time of Job when he had that opportunity to come. He is also listed in the New Testament as the accuser of the brethren. How does that all play into it? Those are the kind of things that will keep you up late at night. And you'll wonder, how come my pastor didn't explain that perfectly to me? And my answer and my response to you is, because I think that there's a lot of different ways to look at it, and I'm not going to nail it down for you tonight, okay? But I do know that Satan is removed from his authority, from his place, from his position, from his access, all of these things. And with that, he takes a third of the angels. I believe that third of the stars of heaven is a third of the angelic beings. I believe that he had that much power, that much influence. And those third of the angels are what we know today as the demonic spirits. And whether you believe in demons or not, if they're real or not, they are, okay? So whether you believe in them or not, they are actively involved in the world today, in the lives of people today. And I believe, again, when we look at these things, don't worry about trying to nail ourselves down to too much of an issue. Understand the greatness of this principle 
that God removed Satan from his place, removed Lucifer, Satan, the dragon, the devil, from his place. He does not have authority that he even at one time had. It never was the thing of what we see in New Age and in Eastern mysticism, you know, the old yin-yang thing, you know, light and dark fighting against each other. No, our God is supreme over all things. Satan in his best day never had authority to be able to even come in, in any kind of defeat of what God's plan and purpose is. Satan only has the authority that God grants him. That's why when we look back at the book of Job and Satan comes to God and God says to Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? It's God that grants him that authority. It's nothing that Satan is able to go in there and do. And that ought to speak to all of us. And again, it comes back to that whole idea of the sovereignty of God, that we can trust our lives into his hands, even, and believe me, understand this, even when the bottom falls out of your life, you need to trust your life to the reality that our God reigns supreme and he is intimately aware of every aspect of our lives. Satan does not have control. God has control. I'll just bring you back to what Bob Utley said. True theology being presented in an imaginative framework. It's true, but it's symbolically presented. There's some things that we're going to see here that are absolutely, boy, that's exactly right. We know that there was a child that was born, Christ himself. But this wasn't Mary that was adorned with the sun and the moon and the 12 stars. No, it's symbolic of Israel. So let's move on. One thing we do know is that Satan had this great desire to destroy the child. He was unsuccessful. And in whatever time frame of his removal from heaven, it was a cause of celebration in the heavens. Listen to what it says in verse 10. After Satan and the devil has been kicked out and his angels were cast out, what does verse 10 say? I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. But what's good for heaven isn't necessarily good for earth. Satan's kicked out of heaven, but where does he land? He lands on the earth, okay? And so now we're going to see the things that are going to be going on here. Let's continue on. In verse 12, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Now again, this is why I believe that we as the church, we're with the Lord. We're in his presence, We're with him because he says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Okay, so who is the woman, at least from what we're speaking about? Israel, okay. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time, a times, and half a time, three and a half years from the presence of the serpent. It's interesting. Even before, but in particular since, 
the time of Christ, the Jewish nation has been under continual persecution, even to all-out efforts of annihilation. And when we look back at the history of Israel, it's just absolutely amazing. You don't really see a people group, a religious group or a people group or a culture that has been as much the focus as Israel has been on those that would destroy her. Even if we just only go back to when the Romans took over Jerusalem and Israel in 70 A.D., they caused that great dispersion. Out of the land of Israel, the Jews spread to just about every known place in the known world. Their place of worship, their way of worship had all been destroyed. Their cultural cohesiveness together had been scattered across all of these different countries as a people group. They were connected only by their history of the past, by their bloodlines that they carried, and by the faith that they had. That's all that they had with them because their country was totally taken away from them. And so through various countries across different continents, they they sought refuge. They sought places to go, places to have peace, to, to live their lives. And they'd settle into areas. Then pretty soon the people of those countries would bring about varied persecutions against them. Even those, and this is the sad part of our Christian history, even those who proclaimed or practiced, and I'm going to put it in quotes, Christianity brought persecution to the Jews. I don't believe it was true Christianity. I was in a discussion with someone earlier this week about the fact that Islam, if it practices true Islam, is what we have with the ISIS group. Okay, Christianity, if it practices true Christianity, we would have never had the Crusades. We would have never had the uh, witch trials. We would have never had some of those things that Christianity somehow gets grouped in with. Through eight different Crusades from the early thousands, so that would be what? The beginning of the second millennium. For the next 200, almost 300 years, eight different Crusades, the Jews suffered at the hands of those who said they were soldiers of the cross. There's something there. What is it? I believe that Satan is deception of those who got into power, political power, and money authority. Suddenly they lost the cause of the cross, truly. They lost the cause of Christ. And now Satan had deceived them. And so under the banner of the cross, they continued on. In reality, they were mercenaries, ignorant of the truth. It wasn't just the Jews that killed Christ. All of mankind killed Christ. I killed Christ because of my sin. Christ died. So no matter what way you slice it, from the mid-1100s, even until now, persecution continues on them. They've been imprisoned. They've been tortured. They've been forced into slavery or servanthood. They've even been forced into armed forces. In Russia, for a time frame in the early 11 and 12 and 1300s, if you were in Russia and you were a Jew and you wanted to stay in Russia, if you were a male, you had to join their armed forces and you were there for 25 years. Not a two-year stint, not a four-year stint. If you were a Jew, you were in for 25 years years. Or you were simply run out, tortured, imprisoned, forced into servanthood, 
or simply run out. Countries like Germany, Italy, France, England, Spain, Belgium, Bavaria, Austria, Portugal, Turkey, on and on we go all through Europe and much of the Middle East. And eventually men like Hitler and Stalin brought about this mass wholesale slaughter of the Jews. Why the Jews? They were the woman who gave birth to the child. They were the people that God says, I'm going to call you my people. Not because you're anything special, but in order that my glory might be shown through you. And Satan, more than any other people group. Now there's been mass attacks against peoples and cultures. I understand that. But there's not been a people group that's been attacked as viciously, as violently, as continually as the Jews have. As horrible as the situations like Hitler and Stalin and hundreds of thousands and some of these other things. You just don't have time for me to speak about all of these other things that have been. There is a landscape, I believe, that's being set up today in our world that are going to make these past atrocities seem minor. We look at these present attacks, these actually limited attacks of groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and the Mohaddin and the ISIS and the Al-Qaeda or the ISIL, depending upon what you want to call them. All of these, and these vast splinter groups of the Palestinians, these Arab-based Islamic groups, We look at them, and are they going against Christians today? Oh yeah, they are. And believe me, we are just as much the target as the Jews are. That is why those nations there, there's never going to be peace in the Middle East. There will not be peace in the Middle East. And I wish that someone would take a Bible and force our leadership in Washington to read it and to understand trading land is not going to make it happen. Whatever it is. Why? Because that group. Right now today, if Hamas set down their weapons, didn't fire any rockets anymore, there would be peace. However, if Israel sat down their rockets and they didn't fire anymore, there'd be annihilation. Why? Because Satan, the dragon, Lucifer, desires them destroyed. Personally, I feel the confederation of nations that we're going to see in those days is going to be based on Islam much more than the European Union. We see that in play in all of these countries that are becoming more and more Islamic controlled. But in the end, I believe that the attack is going to be far worse than anything that we even see today. We see the the beheadings today. We see the tortures today, the uh, lining people up and just shooting them in the head. That's just the beginning of sorrows. Just the beginning of sorrows. Revelations 12, verse 15 says, So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The persecution on Christians 
will continue. In this day, we see it happening. In that day, it'll be those that after, I believe, the rapture of the church that have then woken up and come to faith in Christ, both Gentile and Jew, at that point in time, the persecution is going to increase and increase and increase. And like he says, he is enraged with them. John tells us that once the dragon's totally enraged with the woman, he's going to go make war with her offspring, even on down to those that keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. Rather, that's Messianic Jews during the time of tribulation or others that come to Christ during that first part of the tribulation. It's difficult to tell, but anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus is going to be under that great persecution at that time. I personally don't believe that at this point from here on in, anyone's going to come to faith in Christ, even if it's going to take my life. But I believe at this point here, that three and a half year mark, you're either in the kingdom or you're not in the kingdom. In all of this, we look at the world today and we see all of the pieces coming into play. All of the pieces set up, just just ready and just ripe for it. I don't think that there's a whole lot missing in the scenario. I I can't imagine anything that's missing in the scenario right now. And you might say, well, maybe we need a man of peace. So I don't think that man of peace is really going to jump up until there is greater turmoil within the world. We talk about the fact that within our own land, there could be a time of martial law. And if there's martial law, proclaimed uh, across our country. There will not be elections during times of martial law. And so whoever is in office at that time remains in office. That's some of the interesting things too. We look at, can martial law happen in the United States? That quick. We look at the the terror that's happening in the Middle East, and then we look at how porous our borders are here. Man, my heart goes out to anyone who is on border patrol duty out there because it's almost a useless job because, again, they're not giving them authority. They're not giving them the ability to do what they're supposed to be doing. Our government was put in place to protect its citizens, and even our own government isn't doing what it should be doing. And I think that that's an atrocity, but I also think that it's setting things up for a scenario that, Uh, should at any moment at any time we hear a trumpet call and we're out of here the pieces are that much into play I think that we could have some severe stuff I mean not to cause fear just kind of an alert thing I've heard reports that hey look out for 9-11 this year and you know you think well Lord you know you know the time you know the seasons because if that much garbage has come you know, across our borders and that much hatred and wrath against the people of the United States, whether they be Jewish, Christians, or anyone. Right now, the United States itself is the great Satan. And so is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. So what do we do about that? Well, I know a couple of guys who sell weapons. No, you know, I, just, I want to tell you right now, that ain't going to do you any good. I mean, that may do you good for the guy that's breaking into your house, but you know what? Should the things come down that look like they're coming down, you just need to have your heart ready before God. And you need to be ready to say, Lord, if he takes my head, if he takes my life, I'm yours. That's really where we need to be. Are you armed with the armor of God? 
That's the most important thing. And are you ready for whatever the Lord has in store for you? Pastor David Landry has been taking us verse by verse through the book of Revelation, and we know you'll want to come back for more. If you'd like to hear today's message again or listen back through other teachings, you can find them all at theopenword.com under the Teachings tab. We hope today's message has touched your heart, settled some questions you've had, and maybe even caused you to ask a dozen more. If you do have questions, we'd love to do all we can to answer them. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. We'd love to pray for you, too, and learn more about your journey of faith. Once again, that number is 520-836-9676. We believe that God has given us the church so that we can learn more about Him and about living together in community. Are you a part of a local body of believers? If you're in the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has a special invitation for you. Thanks for listening to The Open Word. If you're in the Casa Grande area and looking for a church home, I'd love to meet you and shake your hand welcome you to our community of believers here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. We meet weekly on Saturdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible. You'll be able to find out more about us and get directions by visiting theopenword.com. And under the links at the bottom of the page, click on Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. I look forward to meeting you. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all we have time for today. But join us to learn more from the pages of Revelation right here on The Open Word.